You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. All right, all right, all right. Welcome everyone to episode six of the Red Diamond Courier. I am your host, Bob Chichinsky, joined by our other host, Dog Bark Twenty Four. How you doing this week, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, you know, just another weekend, Tamriel, brother. Anything special you want to shout out here at the start? Yes, uh, Hyper Pixie Gaming uh, shouted us out on uh, Twitch on our Twitch stream uh, a few days ago. I guess by the time that this will be released, it'll be last week. You know, so go ahead and check out her podcast, uh, Tales of Tamriel, and yeah, she was pretty cool. Nice, man. That's cool. We love the Tales of Tamriel, all of those guys over there. We also got to go together on the Legends Rise Elder Scrolls Online podcast, where we talked about all kinds of craziness, like a lot of craziness, I mean... We were celebrating their uh, 1,000th play, so we had uh, quite a good time. Maybe some uh, adult beverages involved. <laughs> not on Dog's part, at least. Yeah, not on my part. I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about our podcast beginnings and our love of Elder Scrolls and all that good kind of stuff. And I am so excited to finally announce this because I've been holding on to it for a little while. But I, this week, am going to be on the new episode of the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Not as a patron or anything, just robots inviting me on to be part of the episode and the show. And talk about our podcast, being the newest member of the Robots Radio Network. And I got to give out some PvP advice to new players. Stuff that they might not know and take into it. And everyone here knows how much I love PvP, so... It was crazy fun, and I know I always say how awesome and crazy this all is, but it's really just a dream come true for me, and it would not be possible without all you guys out there listening, so we thank you so much. Yep, that sounds pretty awesome. Dog, what did you think about being on Legends Rise, man? That was uh, that was cool. We got to get you on there and our good friend, Grammaton. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty late for you know both me and Graham. So we were both kind of tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we ended at like 4 in the morning. Yeah, 4 in the morning for us, 5 Eastern. Yeah. So, pretty late. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was, man. Alright, so as far as our show, this week, we're going to give you guys, of course, our usual current state of Cyrodiil and PvP. We're also going to talk about all things Merkmire, including what Black Rose prison weapons you might want to go after during the event. And we're going to give you some tips on how to make the absolute most of your time in Merkmire. After all, dogged, time is gold. Yes, it is. So, we want to kick it off right off the bat this week with some Cyrodiil and our beautiful current state of it and PvP overall. This week, your leaderboards of Call Granted for PC and A, 
There are 26 days remaining, which means, yes, we just recently had a victor. It was the Evan Hart Pact. Congratulations once again on your victory of, I guess, January? Yep. Slash February? I mean, I think more January than anything. But the scores as of this new campaign, we have the Evan Hart Pact again leading... Of course, these scores are a bit lower and a bit closer because it did just start a few days ago. But like I said, Ebonheart Pact leading at 12k, Aldmeri Dominion in second place at 10k, and the Daggerfall Covenant is right behind them. Actually, they were like just a couple hundred behind. I should have put the exact score, but I just have the rounded scores. They were just a couple hundred behind though, so Daggerfall... Get your freaking selves out of last place, man. Come on. But, once again, Evan Harpeck, congrats on your lead. That was PCNA, and now we move on to where we reside in the Xbox NA side of things. We have the Evan Harpeck leading there, once again. Oh, and as I should mention, we have 11 days remaining in ours. So we're coming down to it. We're coming down to the home stretch. Evan Hart Pact is leading with 59k. Pretty big lead over Daggerfall Covenant in second place, 53,171. Almeri Dominion in last place with 52,734. I give you those numbers specifically because they are very close once again. It seems that well, Evan Hart Pact is just leading everywhere. At least the Covenant and the Dominion are getting some good battles, I guess, right, dog? Yeah, they have some pretty good battles. So, since you dutifully bring over our EU scores, why don't you lay it out for all our peeps? Alright, so when I logged on, uh, the map, the entire map was all red, so... As you can imagine, Evan Hart Pack was in the lead, but it's 66k. AD is in second with 52k, and Daggerfall Covenant was in last with 49k points. No, now we've been in last for two of them. It's okay though. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you again to our PS4 Master of Disaster, Lotus of Doom. Also. As with Hyperpixie from the Tales of Tamriel podcast, he brings us our PS4 scores where there's also 11 days remaining. When we talk the console ones, it's pretty awesome because we have the same amount of days remaining. So those are winding down. In two weeks, they'll be over. So yeah, we have Daggerfall Covenant leading. Thankfully, we at least are leading one of these. With 64k, a huge lead over Evan Hart Pact in second with 52k, who are leading over the Almeri Dominion, who wind up in last with 49k. So I guess we kind of win, because at least we're leading one, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> so, once again, Evan Hart is dominating the week. To all my Covenant brothers, take up your swords and go fight. Take down the Reds. They're just tearing us apart, apparently. Come on. 
So, we have a little bit extra to talk about a PvP this week. As I said, we've been trying out some new things, and uh, we went after one of our more favored stamina builds, and we went to the Stamden. Dogged and I grabbed a couple different sets to try out for myself. Ever since New Moon has come out, New Moon's Acolyte that came out with the Southern Elsewhere expansion. It's a craftable nine traits set. I have been in love with it. Absolutely. One of the main reasons why New Moon is so awesome is because it's a hybrid set. And I don't know if we've given it out exactly on the show before, but I'm going to give it out now because it's a huge part of that build. It's going to give you weapon and spell crit, then weapon and spell damage, also physical and spell penetration, and then at the end, you're going to get the big 481 weapon and spell damage, which is a very large increase. However, due to the awesomeness of this set, it's going to increase your abilities by 5% your active abilities so everything's going to cost a bit more so when this set was coming out everyone's like man this is going to be meta and it was super like it's really good for the magic builds that i've tried it on although sometimes i can't handle the resource sustain but i hadn't tried it on a stamina build and i'd always wanted to so i put it on my stamden and i went with five piece heavy of that and then I also ran it with Bone Pirates and Bloodspawn. So I went five-piece heavy, two-piece medium, and then I ran the dual wield and the bow on my back bar. I had infused traits on all my jewelry and weapon damage enchants, so just stacking weapon damage out the door. Dogged, how's your build looking? Yeah, I'm using a shield breaker, and what that does is that it... The fifth piece increases my damage done by 6% at all times. And then when someone has a damage shield up, it increases my damage done by 12%. And also, pretty much what my bar is, is uh, it's uh, my spin to win. Uh, and for the uh, animal companion abilities, so that I can max out all the damage done. So that's an extra 8% damage done. Or, yeah, an extra 8% damage done. And I'm using Dawnbreaker, which increases my weapon damage just while slotted with the Fighter's Guild ability. So I'm pretty stacked up on damage done and weapon damage just from that alone. And then to uh, improve on that, I'm using uh, Spinners. Not Spinners, Spriggans, which uh, gives me a lot of uh, physical penetration. And then for the monster sets, I'm using a one-piece Molite Kina and a one-piece Baylorg. <laughs> Your old pal Baylorg. Not Baylorg. Balorg. <laughs> Baylorg doesn't know how to pronounce his name. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how to pronounce his name. So, but uh, yeah, and yeah, both of those give me weapon and spell damage. And uh, I also use the Seal Tornado Morph, which, uh, it, which uh, because it gives me the extra range and. Uh, you know, the Nightblades, they, they cannot escape me. And the only class that can is the Sorks with their streak. They evade me every time. <laughs> As our good friend uh, Arcanir was saying in the Tales of Tamriel, streak, man, the Bolts Escape just, boom, hits you, and you're just taking a knee to the <laughs> ground, and they're gone. 
Yeah. Even if you have 20k stamina. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter <laughs> anything you have. The Sorks, they can get away. I mean, there are ways to stop them, but man, is it one of the most frustrating things. So, we love the Warden. We both tried out these builds, and they were pretty effective. Can confirm that... New Moons is just as good on a stamina build as a Magicka build. I went with a Red Guard to kind of counteract the heavy increase in the cost. And it really helped. And especially in Battlegrounds, like, that thing feels really powerful. For the most part, I'm going positive. And the funny kind of thing is I'm either getting plus 10 kills and doing really good, or I'm getting, like low kills but for the most part i've been going in there and just going crazy and being like man this is really what stamina builds can do and i haven't played one in a while a dedicated one so it's been it's been fun to get back in there honestly agreed one of the reason we chose to get back in there on wardens is because it is just a totally awesome class especially in my opinion, for PvP because of all the passive buffs it gives. Specifically, too, for stamina, although it gives you the magic buffs, too, but when you run Bird of Prey, the morph of Falcon Swiftness, you get Minor Berserk while on your bar. So it's just on at all times as long as it's on your bar. And when you run the Bullnetch on your back bar... Which is just the stamina morph of the Betty Netch. It's going to grant you Major Brutality, which I wish I wrote down, but increases your damage by 20%, I believe. Right, dog? Uh, 20 or 25%. Cool. Sounds good. So, yeah, it increases it by about 20%, and that's going to be on as long as that buff is up. So, you buff that, you switch to your bar, you have your Major Brutality and your minor berserk it also has a bunch of other passive buffs you could keep up um i think it's the lotus flower i didn't write this one down but i think it's for weapon crit you'd have that on there and then you also have ice fortress which gives you major resolve increasing both your resistances which you could pair with a lot of different sets to be very effective and I chose to pair it with just a heavy new moon and when you have high resistances and can still put out a lot of damage that is honestly the beauty of stamina builds to be in my opinion also uh two hand is extremely uh popular for a lot of people but you know we prefer the dual wield because of the you know, spin to win that uh, exists with between Whirlwind, uh, Whirling Blades, and Steel Tornado. What Whirling Blades is, is that the uh, Execute Morph, and you get uh, the Execute Damage bonus to it. But, you know, uh, Steel Tornado gives more, gives a larger radius, costs less as it ranks up, and it still does a lot of damage, so... I still think it's just as viable, and if not more deadlier. Yeah. Especially on your uh, foes that are trying to escape you. No, it totally is. And so I've been focusing a lot on... I'll get in there and 
you just drop in subterranean assaults just boom here comes my bugs and then which is your uh, shock attack and i like i like the to send the cliff diver in there too i mean i still like it it's some people don't but it's a good <laughs> it's a good spammable and if you have your build worked out right you could get it to do a pretty good amount of damage and if you're just coming in on someone yeah. send in a couple of those you know maybe you're on your back bar you hit them with a uh, focused aim that's gonna give them a major fracture i think and minor fracture minor fracture so yeah you get in there and you could start dealing a lot of damage and if they start hitting you too hard you can pop your uh, bird of prey which gives you the minor evasion get the heck out of there heal up with your vigor it's been such a fun build like i need to get more in cyrodiil with it because lately if i'm in cyrodiil it's still on my macro but the times that i've gone in cyrodiil with it have been really fun and i've been enjoying getting back into it i think that i need to get my mag blade fixed up as well so i can get back to enjoying that too yeah, I uh, I also have a mag blade that I'm that I want to set up for a bomber. I just have to finish up some vicious death. So, oh my then, god, <laughs> dogged as a bomber, that is a scary thought. You would be quite the troll, just bombing people, yeah. <laughs> repairing doors. I'm sure. <laughs> no, 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 definitely resources. Oh, okay, <laughs> definitely resources. You can't take my four ash resources without being bombed. That's right. Never. No one can take ash. Not from the blue. All right. So let's get into the meat of this episode. We want to bring you the start of another segment that we're really excited to start bringing. And I know that we've started a lot of segments recently, but we want to bring out kind of new things each each week not just go the same kind of thing we want to bring you something fresh and then get back to kind of get a cycle going but as i was saying this is gonna be the start of a segment that we're really excited to talk about we want to make sure that we go over all the different regions in the game and bring you all the knowledge of what they hold like all the kinds of sets, the dun the public dungeons, if there's good ways to farm, if there's places you could go to make money, make gold, just all kinds of things like that. And we figured, since the Merkmeyer celebration is gonna begin the day this episode drops, what better zone to start with than the fabled one and only Argonian land? Merkmire. Yep. We are going to tell you all things to know about Merkmire and the Merkmire celebration coming up. And to start off, uh, the Merkmire event starts on February 20th and ends on March 3rd. Uh, you must have the Merkmire DS DLC or ESO Plus in this uh, region or to access the region. So what Merkmire costs is 2K crowns. Or about 200k gold if you were to buy it off someone who's going to sell you crowns. Um, you can also buy 3k crowns for about $25 um, if you could not find it, find someone to buy it off of. 
Oh, and I just want to put a little reminder out that ESL Plus is only well, is fourteen ninety nine, which you can buy and also cancel whenever you choose. Plus, you get sixteen fifty crowns, which is pretty decent, and you get all the cool benefits of ESL Plus, such as the craft bag. Yeah, and so Dog throws that in there because when you do the ESO Plus, you'll get access to all the DLC zones, including this one where you need to go to do this celebration. Another thing about uh, Merc, about the Merkmeyer celebration is that they have the new Merkmeyer strong boxes, and they're pretty amazing. Uh, Bob, do you know why they are amazing? Uh, no. I mean, I love all of the... <laughs> Uh, boxes we get but why are these ones especially amazing because they apply you can get they drop from more stuff so like they drop they can drop from monsters which is you know probably very rare but still a chance they can drop from boss bosses uh and from looting chests or safe boxes or thieves shroves which is all new same thing with with uh psychic portals and nodes which i think they've brought up nodes in one other event before but the chest, safe boxes, thieves trove. So pretty much if you want to be a thief, you can still be a thief and still be able to get a chance of getting getting the uh, strong boxes, which is pretty cool. You know, you no longer have, it's no longer just doing the dailies or killing bosses. It's it applies to more stuff this uh this year. When you hear nodes, it applies to all these crafting resource spots that you're going to be running across and seeing in Tamriel. You could see them in Overland, in Dungeons, Delves. Well, I guess, can you see them in Dungeons? No, just Delves. Stuff like that. Mainly Overland stuff. And that's going to be where you're going and getting your Rubido and your Rubidite and all that fun stuff. I'm not going to go through the thousands of possible crafting mats we can get, <laughs> but this includes alchemy mats and enchanting uh, stones, all that kind of cool stuff. And the really cool part about the event, especially if you're a crafter, is that all of these nodes are going to give you double resources, which can really change the game for you when you're trying to go farm them and spend a lot of time in a certain zone you want to get the most out of it and it has double for you so it may be a little bit crowded while things are going on because there's going to be a lot of people there trying to get them but if you could find a nice little route then that's what it's going to be all about yep and that means that you can finally stock up on some of that corn flour and all the alchemy mats that you want to buy for me but you are you know depleting my stock <laughs> Well, that's exactly what I want to do. And one of the uh, pro tips, put on auto loot so you could just grab all your things from your resource nodes really quick. Yep. Another good tip is to uh, have uh, the Morpha Rapids where you get both major and minor expedition. And if you are going to be farming uh, nodes, you should be wearing a seven medium armor and the steed mount so that you just run like crazy really fast and your movement speed is just through the roof through the roof i could dig it or through the swamp (laughs) through the swamp all right man so 
as far as these boxes, it looks like they're going to contain all kinds of cool stuff. They're going to contain crafting materials, style items, Merkmeyer sets, motif chapters, including, but maybe limited to, not sure, the Deadwater and Elder Argonian ones from Merkmeyer, which are always going to be awesome to complete. Plus, you're going to be able to get the new Memento fragments and the Vorpasm pet fragments, which when you combine 10 of each, most likely, you're going to get the Memento of one, and you're going to get an awesome little Voriplasm blob pet. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it'll be, a, it's definitely a new pet, so it'll be uh, interesting to have around, and I, I'll be putting it in my house probably, <laughs> or around like the Merkmeyer themed uh, crafting tables that you get from the region. Yeah, that works. All right, man. So let's talk about some of the awesomeness of Merkmeyer. One thing that it is is a DLC region, and one thing that they all have is daily quests you can do. So, what do I mean when I say these daily quests, dog? Alright, these are daily quests that are in the region. All DLC regions have the daily quests. A lot of them are uh, doing a delve quest and doing a world boss quest. Uh, Every time you complete them, they give you some type of reward box, which generally gives some type of motif and... Or, no, they don't give you some type of motif. They give you a box which can has a chance of giving a motif and a item set of that zone. And they also have a chance of giving you the uh, style material for whatever motifs are in the zone. So for Markmire, it'd give you the dead water and the Elder Argonian style yeah. pieces. And they're an awesome way of going and getting to explore the zone. It will help you with getting achievements, and it will help you with getting a bunch of gear and stuff that you could sell, especially motifs that usually sell for a decent price, and if you get a bunch, then there you go. You can not only finish your collection, but start making gold. So not only are these great to do if you're just looking for something to do during the day, any day, However, they're super awesome during the event as well because you get two boxes per thing. So, we dogged, told you that there's mainly going to be quests involving delves and involving world bosses. As far as Merkmire goes, there's two delves and two world bosses. The first delve well, I guess the first on the list because they're just randomly, you know, placed. But we have Sophir Cavern. This is actually a pretty awesome delve if you're looking to go achievement hunting. It has a section way down there where there's a bunch of Voriplasm that spawn pretty frequently and you could... Pull large groups of them, farm them, and get your Voriplasm Slayer achievement for killing 100 Voriplasm, which I know Dogged has on like five characters. It's only two. Okay. And the quest item, 
that you need to do that delve daily quest easily drops from the voroplasms as well. So two birds with one stone. The uh, second delve is the Teeth of Sithis. This delve is the more annoying one of the two because there's a lot of different places to go. Uh, but once you kind of get into the inner, uh, the inner part of it, uh, there's two different ways you can go. If you turn right, you kind of go towards the boss. And then when you turn left, you walk out the door and for in the upper building, you go to the Sky Shard. Next up, we have uh, World Bosses. Uh, one of the world bosses is a necromancer, and he dies pretty easily. Uh, his name is Baxilt Ga. He only dies easily because he's a trash necromancer, okay? Me and all the other necromancers <laughs> had a meeting and decided that he sucks, so you could kill him. Even though ah. necromancers are super cool, usually. Yeah, but... uh. And the other one is Walks Like Thunder, and one of the important things to get from this boss is that he has totems, and that you want to kill these so that the boss doesn't heal back to full during those healing phases. And a lot of times when you pick up the Staley, you have to go inside of the cave behind the boss to finish the quest, and if you're in a group, it uh, speeds things up because you might only have to like burn one or two things because everybody can burn, burn the same crate. So it's like, oh, maybe there's only two crates on the very inner and all you can burn the same crate and be done with it. So pretty easy to get quests done that way. Yeah, so these are the two bosses that you should be expecting to deal with if you're going into Merkmire. And it can be a little tough if you're going to try and go take these guys on solo, especially because, as Dog was saying, Walks Like Thunder can be pulling up totems that are going to heal him so if you don't have enough to go burn every single totem well it's also healing him it's going to be a tough go for you as far as the necromancer dude he pulls up a lot of ads but you totally can do them on your own if you go and have enough dps and are confident but there's also going to be a bunch of people there during the event so as far as during the event goes, you should be good. But on a normal day, it might be a little little bit tougher by yourself. Now, as far as the event specifically, you're going to be able to get three tickets a day for the extent of it, adding up to a total of 39 tickets if you get it each day. There are a numerous amount of goodies that the Impresario is selling, Ranging from spectral Endric berries, there will now be three, to all the different Endric feathers, as well as the different fragments for the memento and the pet. You will be able to buy all three berries if you want to and get all your tickets, and also almost an Endric feather. So that's pretty cool. Now, as always, we wanted to take this little middle portion of our episode to remind you that we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, where you can find us and many other great shows at robotsradio.net. This week, we wanted to give you the opportunity to hear about one of our other awesome shows, Fresh Tomatoes. Hey. Hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. 
new to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as, what could have saved it, and would you watch it again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad, or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Alright. So, back to some more Merkmaya. Dog, I see that you uh, are saying there's a new puzzle system here. Yep, there's a new puzzle su- system in uh, Merkmire. What it is, it's like uh, you uh, kind of arrange the different uh, pillars. There's like different pillars that you move up and down on it, and you kind of just move them up and down, and you match a symbol with a symbol, and uh, that's how that one would work. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah, I played through the main story a few times, and what I kind of noticed is that it has some similarities to Assassin's Creed, especially uh, one of the main Argonian. He was a guy, forgetting his name right now, but he definitely kind of um, does like the. No, 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 no! I've got it, man. Oh, it's just right on the tip of my tongue. Zucas. Zucas, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Biko. <laughs> yep. It has some uh, similarity similarities. Assassin's Creed. Uh, you'll see Zucas kind of do the uh, iconic uh, leap of faith into water, which I think <laughs> was kind of fun, and. Um, also, through the quest, you kind of are searching for a ancient artifact that the aliens want to use. Similar to, you know, Assassin's Creed. They're always searching for an ancient relic. And yeah, I think it's kind of cool to see different similarities between Assassin's Creed and the Merkmire DLC story. There was also a little bit of fun in Merkmire questing where um, you got to kind of do that weird mechanic where you shot the like extension vine thing and it would like travel you there. I don't know. It was yes. kind of like a prelude of the grapple thing we got in elsewhere. Yep. And there's like a, an achievement too, where like you can find uh, all the different like locations and there's like a little note that you can read and you can learn more about the lore and the history of Merkmire. So awesome, man! I love how they do that stuff. Another, uh, there's a title that you can get from Merkmire. It's called the Hero of Merkmire, and you can get the Dream Amulet of Argon Memento from it. So, Bob, do you want to tell them uh, what you, they have to complete for the Hero of Merkmire title? To get the Hero of Merkmire title, you need to finish few different achievements the first of which being the Merkmire adventurer achievement which requires you to complete 20 quests and as long as you go through the main quest line you're going to finish at least seven so you have a good start on that about third of the way through you're also going to need to get the defender of Merkmire achievement which has you defeat both world bosses if you're doing those dailies you're going to be good. Just like the Master Explorer achievement, which requires you to clear both delves 
and discover the six striking locales, the eyes on the map. So if you're doing the dailies, you're going to be getting those two bosses and you're going to be getting those two delves. So that's pretty cool. Then we have the river of rebirth that you get when you complete the main story which also gives you access to the third daily quest, which is very important because you get double rewards for that too during the event. So not only just unlocking it for you on a daily basis where you could go do it extra, you can go do this on a few characters for the event and really cash in from it. Yep, this week I actually... uh... I had a few characters go through the River of Rebirth uh, achievement, so I could get that third quest on a couple more characters, so we get even more rewards. Even more. I could dig it. Alright, so we are cruising right through Merkmire. When we talk about these regions, one thing that we love talking about of everything of course is sets and we want to bring you the specific ones that come from each region and when we talk about regions there's going to be an overland set and crafted sets that come from there and when it's a dlc region they're going to have specific crafting sets to them that aren't shared anywhere else so we're going to start with the crafted sets because they're, unfortunately from Merkmire, are not the best. Dogd and I picked one that we think might be slightly viable. The other ones, we're just going to kind of mention the five-piece in passing. So here we go, right off the rip. Might of the Lost Legion, the five-piece buff, reads, After successfully blocking... Gain three uses of Empower, increasing the damage of your next light attack by 40%. Anything that's increasing the next, the damage of my next light attack, I am not super thrilled by. I mean, yeah, is it cool? And yeah, do I really appreciate how much damage you could get from weaving light attacks, etc. I... There's just other sets that are, you know, just as good, if not better. The uh, second set is the Grave State Collector. What this fit, fifth piece does is enemies you have damaged has a 10% chance to drop a Grave Stake for 6 seconds after they have died. And then touching the Grave Stake will restore 6,500 Stam and Magicka but only one grave save can appear at a time. I mean, yeah, that seems viable, but then when you really think about it, unless you're always fighting large groups, there's not much of a point. If you're a tank and you're tanking a boss, and he's not spawning adds, there's not going to be a lot of things dying to give you this stake up constantly, and... Not a lot of people are going to want to use this, but a tank, so... I'd like to think of a way that it could be changed to make it a little better, but... Even then, it's kind of tough. Maybe... And maybe every time you take damage, you have a 10% chance to pop a stake. That would be kind of cool. And that would kind of be like Stonekeeper. 
Except for it doesn't heal you, instead it just gives you the magicka and stamina. And is a five piece instead of a monster set. True, true, true. Alright, so the one that we thought might have the uh, most viability of these three is the Naga Shaman set. The two piece is going to give you 4% healing taken. The three piece is going to give you 4% healing done. You're also going to get max magic with the fourth piece. And the fifth piece buff reads, When you cast a shield ability, you gain minor mending and minor vitality for six seconds, increasing your healing done and received by 8%. This effect can occur every 6 seconds. So that is a 100% uptime, and most shields are based around about 6 seconds. Right, dog? Yep. So, every time you're casting a shield, you're getting these two buffs. And if you're keeping your shields up constantly, you're going to keep these buffs up constantly. So, it could be good for a healer, and it could be good for a DPS who is trying to get a little bit of extra survivability so dogged what are your overall thoughts on all these crafted sets we're looking at overall i think these sets are kind of meh i personally wouldn't really use any of them the naga shaman is interesting because it could work on i think a pet sort and you could have that uh a shield followed by uh, one of your two healing pets that you can have up so Definitely increases your healing done and he and uh your own healing received so that you can give yourself a nice little burst heal from one of your pets. Perfect. Alright man. So let's talk overland sets. I am going to save the best for last, even though I think you already know what it's gonna be. So let's talk Deadwater's Guile first, and we're going to do the same as the last. Going to give these two kind of a quick overview, because they are not the best, and we'll give you the full best one at the end. So Deadwater's Guile's fifth piece, whenever an enemy dies within two seconds of being damaged by you, you gain five ultimate. So that's not necessarily too terrible, but... You have to be putting out a lot of damage, and it's just an ultimate give back. There's a lot of things that you could get minor major heroism from that aren't going to make you have to wear a whole five-piece set to be gaining ultimate. There's so many ways to get ultimate back. This is not one of the best sets, in my opinion. Maybe if it was... Every enemy that you damage, you gain extra ultimate. I'd like that, for sure. Because <laughs> then it's something that I can like really watch and focus on and see my ultimate going through the roof. As far as the Champion's Hist set, we are going to see that the five-piece gives you minor heroism at all times. So there you go. So why don't you give them the last of the Overland sets and my personal favorite dog. Alright, the last one is the Light Armor set. It is Bright Throat Boast. It'll give you some Max Magicka, some more Max Magicka, some Ag Recovery, 
And then the f- fifth piece will give you 2,000 Magicka and 150 Mag Recovery while you have a drink activated. So that's a pretty viable set. I mean, it's pretty meta, and it'll probably stay meta for a very long time. Yep. It's um, so awesome. Use it with Spring Loaded Infusion, and you will be a happy magic build. So we'll talk a little bit more about its awesomeness in the minutes to come. However, we want to get straight into the Black Rose Prison Weapons, which are super awesome because they are two-piece weapon sets, which are some of my favorite things in the game. Really, they add a whole new flair to build composition, set composition, I guess is really what I should say. So the first one that we want to talk about is going to be the two-handed set. It's called Radial Uppercut. And while giving you physical penetration, it's also going to cause your uppercut to deal 100% of its damage to the closest enemy. That's a lot of damage if your uppercut is hitting the way it should be. So this could be really OP for stand builds, especially in Cyrodiil. However, you're gonna wanna, well, probably squeeze it into your build, maybe with like a three-piece. I like running agility. It's not as viable as it used to be, but if you wanna get one of these two-piece weapon builds in, sometimes a three-piece can really help that. Yep, or you could always drop a monster set. That's true, too. The next one is Gallant Charge. It's the one hand and shield. It reduces the cost of shield charge by 25%, and it reduces the cost of your next one hand and shield ability that is different by 100%. And then the perfected version adds resistances to your to your the shield or to the two set bonus. Oh, okay. Those are the perfected versions you have there. Yes. I understand your fanciness now. So, I think that this could find some use in PvP. Because Shield Charge and then Power Bash, that could be a pretty good combo. Especially when your Power Bash is going to cost you absolutely nothing. So, if you have, especially maybe like, a Stam Warden. Like, is the first thing that came to my mind. You proc your Subterranean Assault, and you have your Ultimate ready, and then you go charging in and bash them, and you have maybe a couple dots on them. I don't know. The you know the brain goes crazy when thinking of PvP in these sets, but I think that it really could have some viability, especially when you see all these freaking people running around with Sword and Shield on every possible kind of build magic stam whatever and then for pve uh you could also use this to charge into a boss and then follow in with either a taunt or the uh slash that uh gives you the minor the minor hero yeah it gives you minor heroism heroism yeah so the next one is gonna be spectral cloak that is the dual wield set that improves blade cloak and when you use that ability, Blade Cloak, it grants you major protection for three seconds. And the perfected version adds stam recovery. Now, 
why three seconds? Like, any three second buff turns me off immediately. But we won't get in too into that one because, unfortunately, I think it needs to be a little bit more viable. If it was more time, maybe. Maybe. All right. Next up is the uh, Razor Shot. It's from the bow. It gives your scatter shot the uh, an applying poison damage after a delay that deals 50% of your initial attack every two seconds for four seconds, and the duration increases if the target is further away to up to 12 seconds. The perfected version adds weapon crit, and this arrow is the knockback arrow, not poison spray, what I had originally had thought. And yeah, so if you're a stand in and you're looking for a stun. The knockback arrow is always a good thing to put on your back bar. My Stampton actually has the knockback arrow and poison inject, so. Yeah, mine does too. I like running that knockback arrow, and it gives you a nice extra little poison debuff. So we have two more of these weapon sets. They are going to be both of the staves. For the Destro staff, we have Wild Impulse, which, as you can assume deals with impulse it reduces the cost of it by 10 percent also puts an elemental dot of 3333 damage over eight seconds so pretty much 3.3k damage over eight seconds and the perfected version also gives you extra spell penetration now unfortunately this is not one of the more viable sets, I would think. However, if the damage of the dot maybe were increased or of just impulse itself, honestly, this set could be pretty viable, I think. Yep, so what you're saying that it's not meta to wildly spam impulse on an enemy. <laughs> just because it's the last skill in the Destro line does <laughs> not mean that it is the best skill, no, unfortunately. <laughs> Alright, the next one is Mendir's Ward. It's the Resto Staff. It, uh, your Steadfast Ward applies Major Vitality, which is healing taken, to your target for 3 seconds. And then the Perfected Version adds Magic Recovery. And as Bob was saying, I don't really like the 3 second buff. I think that's too short. Plus, I run Magplar, so my Breath of Life already kind of ignores the fact of major vitality being a thing because my breath of life will heal most people just automatically to their full health especially in pve i would like to see a set like that be regulated to the amount of time a shield lasts i mean what's the point of a three second buff i get it but it just There's so many sets that give you more flexibility than three seconds. So, overall, as far as Black Rose Prison goes, we want to let you know that it is definitely something you could go in and do on normal. And you get these drops from the last boss on normal. So, these are things that you could go do and... If you want to do it on Veteran, it's a little bit harder. The CP allotment is going to be really important. You're going to have to go check P1 
people that are very wise about that kind of stuff, like the Master Alcast. So, Dogged, what are your favorite weapon sets and things that you think you would go for? Because I have a couple myself. Yep, uh, Radio Uppercut, the two-hander one, that's pretty decent, so I'd probably go for that one. And maybe the bow, because I do have a bow blade that I that I want to pr- do more with, and because I'm waiting for that snipe build, or my master's bow, the razor shot bow would be pretty decent, as I kind of like, you know, uh, in-between bows, so. Yeah, I think those are actually the same ones I would go for, so... I'll kind of leave it at that with your wiseness. Radial uppercut and razor shot. Go get them. Do some stamina damage. So, that was pretty much all things Merkmire. We wanted to lay it all out for you guys so you can listen and know exactly what you want to go into this region and find. You could go get the achievements. You could go kill the bosses and delves you can find sets that are craftable and ones that you get from drops we didn't really mention this but overland sets when we talk about that these are ones you're going to be getting from bosses drops from delves treasure chests from these daily reward boxes we're talking about these are the overland sets The other ones are the ones where you're going to a crafting location and using their specific tables. So, we hope you guys got a little bit of knowledge on Merkmire, and Dog has some extra secret tips here at the end, just in case you didn't, right, Dog? Yep. So, during this event, it is the perfect time to make money. Because, as we were saying before, there are great sets to get from here on a normal day basis where you could go and make money from them and farm them for a bit. But during these double drops, it is the time to get in there. Especially from farming the resource nodes and getting weapons and armor and even jewelry of Brightthroat. Now... How much should I be selling this kind of stuff for, dog? I know you're savvy with the traders. The best way to figure out what you should sell anything for is to go ahead and check your Mournhold traders, the uh, Craglorn City traders, the Odinroot traders, and the Wayrest traders, and kind of base off any prices on whatever the average is. Uh, one thing that you should know is that any divines, impen, sharpened will always kind of sell higher. Same thing with an infused weapon sometimes, depending on what it is. But for a bright throat, the impen, divines, and sharpened will all always be uh, kind of like what the more tra- the more sought after traits. And what is another way you could make gold? If you're not just selling bright throats. You can also make gold by selling the motifs. You can uh, save them for a bit. So like, you know, maybe two, three months go by so that the market is longer as flooded. And then you can sell them, sell the motifs at what they are. Maybe that what, up with the price that they were a week ago. So maybe that's like 30k for 
Elder Argonian chests and 20k for Elder Argonian <laughs> No boots. one's paying 30k, okay, calm down. These are just hypotheticals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be like me and just put it in there for like 5k because you just want to make a bunch of gold. Just, you know, hang on to it. Yeah, and don't be like bit. the person who just puts it in there for 200k because it's a chess piece. Right. <laughs> well, you could be that person too. You could, but... It probably I, I I know that there's people that would not buy it, so unless if they're super desperate, so but before we end, Bob, do you know how to get an extra twenty percent movement speed and mount speed while in Merkmire for three minutes, which is the perfect amount of time for farming mats? Uh no, no, I can't say I do. Please elaborate. Alright, well, there's this little buff, it's called the Scuttle Sprint, and how you get it is that you sneak down, and you pick a small green Scuttle Bloom, and it looks like a plant-based beetle, similar to the shroom beetles that you, uh, that you kind of come in contact with in some of the delves, and just around the, just around Merkmire. It looks pretty cool, and unfortunately, <laughs> you do kind of kill the plant slash the plant beetle so what you're saying is it's one of the many many plants i avoid while running around Merkmire that are alive well the plants that you avoid are big this one's a smaller one and it's green okay and yeah yes yeah, smaller green Fair one enough. and it won't hurt you but if you don't sneak up on it then it's gonna break away and you have to wait for like 15 seconds before you can pick it again while in stealth. You have to be in stealth to sneak up and grab its rewards. Plus, you have a very rare chance of grabbing it, and it'll drop the uh, furnishing for that plant. So That's awesome, man. Well, way to dole out some knowledge there at the end. So, as we are winding down into our outro now, we hope that you gained some knowledge here about Merkmire and you go into the zone a bit more confidently next time. Maybe get some sets that you weren't thinking about, especially if you heard it live. Maybe you could take advantage of, take full advantage of this event that's going on. We wanted to give a very special shout out to our good friend Daniel Nisley, who created and produced and uh, graciously gave to us our awesome intro and outro music. Thank you so much. His contact information will be in the show notes that accompany this episode. If you have musical needs that you need to get taken care of. So, Doc, why don't you... Let people know where they could come find us, the show. All right. You can find the show on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. Uh, you can find us on our Xbox guild, which is Heirs of the Red Diamond. Uh, you can join our guild by saying something in the Robots Radio or at Robots Radio Discord, which is on robotsradio.net. Or if you're just playing Xbox and you're full on guilds, you can find us in Cyrodiil or occasionally in dungeons, or maybe in a battleground, and you can come kill us, or you can come pull the entire dungeon with us. Dog's favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) 
And if you're looking for me, you can find me on Xbox Bob Chichinsky, on ESO, PC, Twitter, and Twitch, Bob underscore Chichinsky. Dogged, where can they find you? You can find me on Xbox or Twitter at dogbark 24 And you can come play with me on Xbox, and we can pull the entire dungeon to get Bob killed, and then we can all laugh about it. <laughs> Except for Bob, he'll be dead. <laughs> I will be dead, but I probably will still be giggling. I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you so much, as always, for coming back and joining me for another week. It was another awesome time. Everyone, enjoy your Merkmar celebration. Have a great, great week. Yep. Make sure to get all the gold and sell, make tons of gold and do all the quests. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Go get that bright throats. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. The hosts at Robots Radio get a lot of questions from people who are interested in starting their own podcasts about how they can start, how they can grow their audiences, how they can create good content, even what microphone to use and what software to use, things like that. Well, We're changing things up at Robots Roundtable to talk and share about the things that we've learned, the things that work, and the things that don't. We're sharing with you our actual real-world experience. How can you launch a show like the Fallout Lorecast and get as many listeners as we did early on and rock it to the top of the charts on Apple Podcasts? How do you create a show in such a crowded marketplace as it is today, as opposed to 10 years ago? We're getting together every week to share our answers with you. Just look up The Podcast Professor, a robots roundtable with the hosts from Robots Radio. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.